0: Welcome to Sex Ed in the City with
1: Drew and Dr. G, about health and sex education in today's modern classroom. Get an inside peek into the world of sex education and real life stories from teachers. Hosted by experienced educators Drew and Dr. G, each episode brings you an open and honest discussion about a range of topics related to health and sex education.
0: Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Sex Ed in the City with Drew and Dr. G. We're so excited to be with you here in another amazing episode. Hi, Drew.
1: Dr. G, my favorite Floridian. You look okay. ravishing today.
0: Oh, thank you. I cleaned up a bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the humidity doing wonders for that beautiful. Hair.
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you. That's the only <laughs> thing about humidity. It does make my hair nice and full, which I like bopping yes
1: oh well thanks for coming on I know you're not feeling the best
0: oh yeah I know y'all I've been so sick the past week the COVID is going around again you know everyone in Florida is just like hmm something's going around I'm like really something <laughs> all right um so I was really sick last week but I'm about 90 percent now I kind of have a cough still but otherwise I'm all right how are you feeling?
1: I'm good. I'm a little tired. Uh, I slept till nine today. I don't know. It was just a, a long weekend. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Amazing.
1: <laughs> I'm, I sleep until like nine. Yeah, nine's like my sweet spot. It was a rowdy weekend. Not a lot of like downtime. And I think it was more of like being around people all the
0: time. That was mm-hmm. kind of exhausting.
1: So very much needed a recharge and looking forward to that today.
0: Yeah, I'm such an extroverted introvert. Because like, you know, I'm a Leo. I'll be around people and woo everyone come together. But then I'm like, now everyone go away. I want to be all alone for quite some time. I'm not even answering your phone calls.
1: Yes, 100%. I can't, I can't be that extrovert if I don't get that introvert time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I always find it curious people that don't like to be alone. I'm like, really? I love being alone.
1: All I want to do is be alone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Speaking of being alone, this is a nice pivot. My question for you today, our QOD question of the day is to describe your perfect day, start to finish.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) I know it's a loaded question. (laughs) I mean, okay, so I I wake (laughs) up. (laughs) I'm definitely starting my day with some morning sex. Mm. That's how I'm starting my day. And it's at that time where it's like still a little dark with the sun's shining. And I'm in a like, a there's a huge window. So like I feel the sun coming up and I can see like sun and water. This is like imaginary, but this wow. is what I'm hoping. So that's how I start my day. And then it's not too hot, not too cool, 68, 72. Go on a beach walk in the sand with my dog and said lover and drink some coffee and chat and then probably go in the ocean like jump in like a nice morning ocean salt then come back have some type of amazing breakfast that includes like I don't know something decadent and yummy Mm. it's got to be a bacon involved in it somehow um and then meeting up with like friends or family and just doing something fun outside like nothing too active I'm not trying to go like play a soccer game or something but I want to just like let's go on a hike or let's we're all going to go hang out at someone's house in the backyard and just chill and talk and play cards like uno or um I don't know whatever game that we're into like just being with like friends and family together um you know, warm that we don't need a jacket, but we're not sweating. Love that. You know. That doesn't and, seem like, yeah.
1: That doesn't seem too out of possibility. This seems no, like No, I've good...
0: I've had days like yeah. this before. These are the best.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going.
0: No, it's fine. I don't I'm know not... what's happening. Like that's just gonna continue and into the night maybe we have a barbecue where we're all just hanging out, chilling. And then there's dancing. At the end of the night, there must be dancing, and dancing that involves, like, full entertainment, singing, dancing, Mariah Carey review, whatever it is. It's, like, ultimate joy where no one's, like, worrying about what they're wearing or their bodies or what anyone thinks. Just, like, having fun, laughing with my family and the people I love. That's mm-hmm. the perfect day.
1: That sounds so great and also so similar to what mine would be. What is oh, last yes. Time- Tell me what's well when's the last time you feel like you've had one of those days
0: ah uh, it's been a while i mean i've had a lot of i have a lot of good days i live close to my sister and my nephew so that's nice oh excuse me folks
1: cough break everyone cough break dr G. <laughs> sorry shouldn't be laughing she's taking a sip of water
0: Okay, I'm gonna try to edit that out. <laughs> not cute. <laughs> Hopefully my editing skills will teach me how to do that because that's not cute, y'all. Um, anywho, especially the video of it. Sorry for folks that are watching. Um
1: they love yeah, the so I, content. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you know, I also have a lot of days like that when I go to South Africa. That's kind of the vibe. So, like me and my South African friends, that's like our whole thing. We get up late or doing something with music and chilling. So I've had a good number of those days in my life. I'm due for one though, I'm due. What about you? Tell us yours.
1: I feel like ours are super similar. We're both beach babies. So, you know, like we want to be near the water. We want to be chilling. The Leo taurus vibe, very chill. Okay. Perfect day. I love my mornings to be like, I sometimes have to wake up extra early because I know I need extra time to just chill in the morning and not be rushed. I would say wake up at like 830, have my breakfast, which (laughs) my routine oriented self is usually like eggs, omelet. I had bacon today. I love bacon and definitely like two cups of coffee, preferably iced and just chill. I would love to watch like trash TV to just relax. I would love to read. I would love to just scroll on my phone in my apartment. I don't want to leave my apartment for like an hour or two when I wake up. (laughs) I like to chill. Then I like to have a productive morning. I need to do at least like one thing productive. And I know that's kind of like, that's just how I trick my mind into feeling like I did something for the day. So like, oh, I'll go grocery shopping or I need to buy soap for myself. Things like that. Something little. So I feel like I did something. Ideally, I would be by the beach as well, and I would either go by myself, which I'm totally cool with, or with a group of friends, or with my boyfriend, all of the above, and just go for the afternoon, have some beers, play some spike ball, uh, do some body surfing, just in the ocean, doesn't matter where, Um, come back at night, ideally would like to go out, like you said, but I'm probably going to be too tired, so I'm probably just going to chill, with I think I'd like to be with someone at night probably my boyfriend since I spent time with those people all day and just watch a movie maybe smoke a little weed <laughs> maybe uh take a little edible and go to bed and repeat
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, so good although I'll never get used to you saying that you eat bacon because you were a vegetarian for so long and now I'm like wait what And didn't wet
1: oh 180 wow <laughs> like, wow like bacon, 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 bacon
0: bacon yep i'm the worst jew but i love some bacon
1: uh you're not supposed to have pork
0: pork amongst many there's a whole list of things i don't i eat them all <laughs> i'm not don't follow the. the, the
1: i think things. we should collab on these like days together the next time we see each other we need to yeah go.
0: I mean, but I love that our perfect days are both about like relaxing and being around people that we love. Um and isn't that that's what life should be like every day? Just like getting up and doing what you want, how you want, with whom you want.
1: That's a nice segue into today's topic as well.
0: Oh, yes it is. I didn't <laughs> even mean to do it. Look at me just on trend.
1: Teacher, focus. Got okay. it. What are we talking about today, Dr. G?
0: We're talking about the ever-present burnout. What it is, why we get it, how can we prevent it, Yeah, all things burnout.
1: Have you felt, well, how do I say this? Have you felt it a lot in your career? Did you feel it? Is that one of the reasons like you transitioned out of teaching? Talk to me about your experience with burnout.
0: That's a great question. Well, when I was in the classroom, I never taught in the summer. Um, So my summer was either doing whatever I wanted, traveling, chilling or coaching. Um, So I always made sure to take that time to rejuvenate. Um, My burnout, the reason why I left teaching had nothing to do with burnout or the young people and everything to do with adults and school leadership. Um, So it's an entirely different subject for another day, but um, I think when I get burnout, it's because I've experienced all the things at once. Right. And my burnout more tended to be around emotional burnout Mm. because I am the kind of teacher. I, I want to talk to the kids. I want to know about their lives. I get very connected to them and teenagers and there's hundreds of them and they have all these different things happening in their lives. And especially at the beginning of com- my career, I'd really get invested emotionally. Yeah. And there came a point where I had to just not, because I couldn't emotionally hand it, handle it anymore. It became too much of a energy suck and not in a bad way. Not that the kids were doing anything, you know, wrong. It's just, I could only handle so much. Um, and it definitely changed me as a teacher because I wasn't as emotionally collect- connected as my students, but I had to do that for my own health. That was like my burnout. But I know that you recently said that you felt burnout at the end of this year, especially.
1: I know That's you were so, like,
0: oh, you were done.
1: <laughs> yeah. That is so wild. Cause I feel, and I wonder if a lot of our viewers feel the same way who are teachers, you come in so hot and like ready to take on the world and to connect with these kids and do everything you can for them. And I feel very much like what you just said, like I've had to pull back emotionally on my part to take care of myself. And it's Mm -hmm. not like we don't care, but I can almost like feel this like layer of just like, I can't,
0: Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted.
1: I can't. (laughs) And Like there's a, there's a question I could ask right now, but I'm just like, I was tired (laughs) you know yeah and that feels shitty that that does feel shitty but like at the same time kudos I mean I won't say kudos but like we gotta look out for ourselves or we're not gonna make it through this Mm -hmm.
0: system I often you know people often don't understand that as a teacher you can't have a bad day You can't come into work and just sit at your laptop and like put your headphones in and not listen to everyone. Just be there in your feelings. You can't, you have to come in and you have to be on and you have to be ready to go. Because if you come in like that with attitude, the kids are going to have attitude, right? Like that energy that you put out there will come back to you. So next thing you know, someone's cussing someone else out. There's a fight in your class. There's all this drama because it kind of, you know. Leadership style like seeps down. So if you don't come in ready to go and upbeat, it's, it's not going to be good. And of course you have bad days as a teacher, right? I would always be very honest with my class and be like, Hey, y'all, I'm having a bad day today. I'm really going through some stuff. It's not about you all. I'm really trying or, you know, things like that. Like I would be pretty transparent with my young people, but it's hard every day to come in and be like, good morning. <laughs> when like you yeah. did sleep, someone punched you on the train. Like you haven't had coffee. Your boss said something rude on the way in. And now you have to like be on for people. And, and you want to be on, you love them. But then if you say the wrong thing, now they tell their parents. Now you're on the news. And really you just were <sighs> exhausted and didn't mean to say that, but you were just like, so like out of it that something happened okay you, you can't you have to be on
1: 100 percent. and i i was going to say exactly what you, we are so on the same page it's like <laughs> right like mo- part of modeling good emotional and in- mm-hmm. emotional intelligence is communicating with your classes right it is unrealistic to c- expect us to have good days every day to expect our students to be that way like mm-hmm. we want them if we want to build relationships gotta be honest right and that looks mm-hmm. exactly like what you just said y'all had a rough one last night or not feeling the best and right and we can modify that instruction if we want to make it a little less i don't know intensive on our end but i think mm-hmm. that vulnerability seems like i don't know because of the way society tells us we always need to be on and doing all the things I think we sometimes don't communicate like that, but that's super powerful, right? I think mm-hmm. kids really respond well to that realism. They don't respond to that teacher that's like fake and peppy every day and kind of, I don't want to say annoying, but like
0: but be real with annoying. the
1: kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know teachers. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. You're like, okay, <laughs> calm down. But even if you've like, even in my own practice, right? If I've come in and been a in a bad mood and been rude to my class, like, no, 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 sit down, no talking, do this thing. Yes. That has gotten me much worse results than it came in and be like, y'all I'm having a bad day. You know, someone in my family passed. I'm not okay. Can y'all just do me a yeah. solid? And can you just work on this research project? Because I really, I really need that from you right now. And I've had much better results like that. They're like, yeah, Miss. We got you, you know, but when you come in like, rah, they're like, who are you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you're so right, that transparency. And then that's modeling, just as you said, like when you you model, you can talk about your feelings. It's okay to have the feelings. It's okay. If you had a bad day, the day before you come in the next day and you apologize, they're like, we see you, you know, they see the, the authenticity.
1: Yeah. Emotional health. And it's and if we come in, like you just said, uh, and I think teacher burnout kind of seeps into our kids as well. Like if, mm-hmm. if you are a student and you feel like your teacher is burnt out or they're not building this relationship, like I would imagine or hypothesize as those students are are checking out in your classes. They're not going to get as emotionally invested. They're probably not going to learn as much as if a teacher who is like present, honest, mm-hmm. doing their best to take care of themselves. Just a hypothesis. Yeah.
0: I mean, but I don't think it's a hypothesis. I think it can be proven to be true. Think about when you were in high school. Like if I think about it in high school, I know the teachers that were checked out. Like we had this one teacher, I don't remember his name. Senior year, what did he teach? It'll come to you. Yeah, I don't know what he taught, but um, (laughs) he would leave the class every day. He'd be like, all right, this is your assignment. I'll be right back. Come back the last 10 minutes. We'd be like, yo, where is he? Who knows what he was doing? But he was like over it or like the teachers that would just, here's your worksheet, do this, or that you could just tell that they just weren't into it anymore. And, and that sucks to be in any job that you are like hating
1: teachers have such high rates of burnout and -hmm. I think society in general has a lot of empathy towards teachers like I think a lot of us a lot of people would be like yeah teachers work really hard like they deserve more you do at least a lot of the people I interact with I Mm. feel like are very much like you're doing the lord's work blah 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 maybe that's in my own bubble Mm. I also think (laughs)
0: the lord's work
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you jesus (laughs) thank you Brittany. (laughs) uh i feel like burnout is i don't know how to say this it's almost placed like it's our fault for not taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's super unfair and i feel it's more about the systems and the policies Mm -hmm. in place that are not supporting us that are getting us to this point rather than like, oh, I didn't meditate for 10 minutes today or things <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah, if I meditated, that would be great for a little bit, but I'm still not getting paid enough. I still have to teach like 17 classes a day and grade a hundred <laughs> papers at home, right? It's not yeah. addressing the issue.
0: <laughs> um, I think what people don't realize is that there's all this great research about education out there. And so like school districts, whether it's New York City or whatever individual buildings. They're like, I found this great thing. We're going to implement this. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we implement it, but it was researched on like a room of 12 kids and like a perfect classroom, a perfect setting. That's not real life, you <laughs> know? And so then we have people that are like, well, you should, you know, we have all these like compliance things. You have to check everyone's IPs. You have to know everyone's Um, level of English they speak you have to know um, everyone's emotional stuff that's going on you have to know your content you have to know whatever other fun things your school has implemented right so you have to know all of that but not just for 34 students in one class Mm -hmm. you have to know that for 34 times five and that's typical you know it's different for everyone but that's the typical five classes a day 34 different students every day and you have to know all of this thing. How? Like a, a parent would always be like, "Can you please, you know, call me if my child is late to class?" Mm. I'm like, "Ma'am, <laughs> no, I can't." <laughs> like, there's a good three, four people late every period. Ma'am, <laughs> what phone? How? I can't even pee. How am I going <laughs> to? I can't. I can't call you if your child is late. Or, and it's not that I don't want to. Yeah. I would love to call parents every week. I would love to be more involved. But there's literally only so much time in a day that, Mm -hmm. you know, and then in your three prep periods, you're in meetings, literally going pee on the way to them and then eating lunch in said meeting. (laughs) Like, when are you doing all these things?
1: Meetings that don't need to be meetings that don't always. About a
0: new thing you're implementing. Like, great. I'll add this to the list. I feel like I'm just
1: I feel like like probably 75% of PDs I'm just like (laughs) just like really ignoring what's being said because I'm just like oh my gosh and I think that's kind of like accumulated over time as I've gotten older but like initially I was like yeah it's gonna do this and I'm just like oh my god I'll listen and kind of pick what I want to do Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm under the microscope at my current job so I can like I don't know. I feel like I'm trusted and and respected and can do, they trust me to do my stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. But like,
1: I'm not doing all these things. Like, just let, I just want to be left alone, honestly. (laughs) I think that's, and that's a big part of burnout as well. Like if you feel like Mm -hmm. you're under the microscope or you have high stakes testing Mm -hmm. or I don't know Well, in New York city, your rating, um, for those who don't know, you get like an end of the year evaluation throughout the year is can be tied to like student test scores and that can be stressful, right? So some teachers like social studies tied to how well the kids do on the regents, health is not one of those things. Um, so yeah, I don't feel like I'm being micromanaged or anything like that, or I have a set curriculum to do or get through, which helps.
0: Yeah. Oh. I remember my first year of teaching, which was in California. And the best advice I ever got, because, you know, when you start teaching, I was 23, I had just turned 23, like two weeks before I started, I was like, gung ho, energetic. woo! You know, I was like ready. And the best advice I got was from my mentor. She said, don't hang out with the teachers in the, in the teacher's uh, lounge. She's like, because they are burnout and they're exhausted. She's like, stay with people that are energetic. And I really saw that to be true. And I really did that. Um, And I was very lucky when I was in, I used to teach in Long Beach Unified School District. Shout out Long Beach. Um, And I had very good um, principals, very good mentors. That was a really great school district to work in when I was there. I was there 2000, 2003, four. And it was a really great experience, but it was very different when I got to New York. I did not have an empowering, supportive principal until I was at Bard. And that's after I had taught one, two, 13 years in New York City. My first supportive, brilliant, empowering principal, educational leader was at Bard. Wild. Um, Which is sad. I remember when I first moved to New York and started teaching in New York, I had already three, three years teaching under my belt. And I was teaching at a school that was a challenging school, had a lot of under-resourced, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And there were people that was their first year teaching as well. And they were just getting lost. And I was like, hey, y'all, this is not what it's actually has to be like. Please don't give up on this profession. This what what's happening in this school is not what it's like. And so I left that school after a year because it was a hot mess. But I feel so thankful that I had had that three years of real foundation building. Yeah. So, you know, the first three to five years is where you really learn how to be a teacher, not in your one semester of student teaching.
1: How how important the principal or school leaders mm-hmm. are for the school culture of the building like I think we really Mm -hmm. underestimate and I kind of forget that because I think Mm -hmm. especially if you're in a big school you can kind of like get away from seeing them but like if you're in a smaller I don't maybe that's not true but they do have a direct impact right Mm -hmm. like kids also understand how we feel about the school leadership (laughs) I Mm -hmm. think as well when I taught in Pennsylvania we had um an ex military, he was very drill sergeant y, dress mm-hmm. code, like at a public school. Like the kids made fun of him. The faculty did not respect him, and that trickled down. Um, yeah. So, working in New York as well at Bard mm-hmm. and having that support that encourages us to be creative, to explore, mm-hmm. that supports us in our professional development and our goals feels really, feels really great, feels special.
0: Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes from a movie is from the movie Remember the Titans? It's mm. old now. Denzel Washington's in it. Classic. There's a line that they, he, I think he says it. He's like, attitude reflects leadership. And that's so true. People, if, if you don't like, if you're a leader, a school leader, a leader of anything, and you're not happy with how the people you're leading are working together and collaborating and moving as a team, you need to like hold a mirror up and look at yourself because that's the issue. Um, and you know, I was in the classroom for 17 years and there are two principals out of many that I am like, those people are dope leaders. One was in Long Beach and then one was the one at Bard that you also experienced.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And that's sad. And, and also like, listen, also being a school administrator is very challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, I have my school base, you know, I have my administrative degree. Um, I've dabbled. It's not easy, especially in New York. So I don't want to shame school leaders. Like they're like, you know, the worst people they're under a lot of pressure and it, But I think the New York city system, especially create, it has created this system of negativity and that leadership all the way up from the top. And it trickles all the way down from superintendents, you know, from the, the mayor to the chancellor, to superintendents to principals. And it's a shame. It really is because in the end that who does it affect? It affects the young people. And in turn affects how they experience school and the world, and then go on to be, you know, members of society as adults.
1: We've we've talked about this before. How New York City's school system is such a beast. Like there's, like you said, the mayor, the chancellor. Each there's like what thirty one districts, which are parts of the city that has their own superintendent that are constantly changing. Like when I was working on tenure with a uh, former principal. <laughs> He's like, we don't know who the superintendent is who's going to like get this done for you. (laughs) So like, he's trying to communicate. And I'm just like, this is such a shit show. And it's not my principal's fault. Like it's all the stuff above that. So I don't know. It totally makes sense that teachers are feeling burnt out, that principals and school leaders are feeling burnt Mm -hmm. out because it's all, it's constantly changing and communication is not clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't And
0: then and the young people feel that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do.
0: They they feel chaos. They feel disorganization. Young people, I don't care if you're in kindergarten or senior, you know the teacher that's a hot mess. You know if your school is a hot mess. Yeah. You're like this is a, I know you know. Um and parents know too. And I wonder often what it would have been like to teach in a different system. Cause I taught, I've only taught urban education yeah. and I went to school in rural education. So I, I'm curious what it would be like to teach at like a big suburban school that has the money and the support and everyone's like, yay. And again, no school is perfect. Every You know, nothing is perfect in life, but I'm very curious what that experience of teaching is like. Because I'm like, wow, what is it? What's it like? Like that seems. What is it? Is it as like beautiful as like I had dreamt in college? Don't get me wrong, I love teaching. I loved those years of my career, but I wonder what it would have been different about it if I had taught in a different setting.
1: Mm. Yeah, I've taught in very rural areas, at pretty big school districts, and the one thing I liked about that is, I feel like in at least in the schools I've taught at in the city there they've been relatively small maybe like 600 ish kids and because there's not a lot of faculty or teachers you have more roles and more things you have to do so like all these committees you got to be a part of all these PDs whereas at the big rural ones I was like one of like I don't know how many teachers so I was kind of and maybe it was like this at your old school in New York but I just didn't feel like I had all these little responsibilities to do. I feel like I could do my job and then like exit Mm. right here. I'm like, I feel like I'm doing all the things I've got. It's more expensive. I got to pay all the bills. So I got to do extra things as well.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what people don't realize. You don't just teach. Uh You have to do the whatever committees and most people coach. Not most, I shouldn't say coach, but like people are advisors or coaches or this extra, you know, New York City is called procession. Other places it's called a stipend to like run some program because we need the extra money. It's not the kind of thing where we can go and negotiate our salary. Yeah. Like how many years have you been teaching and how many degrees do you have? And there you are.
1: You are. Yeah, I would love, I loved, I still love coaching.
0: Mm-hmm
1: but like i i as i've gotten older i've come to appreciate my time more i would love mm-hmm. just like afternoons off
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and to not have to coach if i didn't want to yeah. i would love to be able to just do cross country every year make that buck it's a lot less chaotic a lot less people but yeah we got we got we got to make money you know i'm yeah. not working in the summer and i do that intentionally because i need to recharge but then when school starts up, it's like, okay, I got to be back on my grind. It, it's nine to six now and meets and then weekends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that, at least for me in the past couple of years, has led to this burnout feeling at the end when you're coaching and well, you teach all day and you coach in the fall, winter, spring, you're I'm I'm shutting down by spring, like midwinter. Yeah. I'm full on dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I was coaching, I would coach, so I teach, you know i taught seven to three or eight Ooh. to three something so early and then i then i coached from like 3 30 to 5 30 didn't get home till like 6 30 and i would be dead and i have to go to bed so early because i had to get up so early the next morning and then i also coached on the weekends mm-hmm. we had we had practice on saturdays and then we also you know we had competitions my my students were very competitive. So we had a lot of competitions and things. And don't get me wrong. I loved that time. And I loved coaching. I loved those young people. It was beautiful. And I sacrificed a lot of things for that. You know, that time with those young people and coaching took away from time that I may have been doing other things that I love to do, like taking dance classes, dating, you know, going to different events, socializing. Um, And I would say, it's not that I regret it, but I wish I would have been able to like do it all with extra hours or something. You know, I wanted, I I wish I would have been able to do more because there's so, I I sacrificed so much of myself to Mm -hmm. give to the kids, which You know, I don't regret and I love doing it. But when I left that school that I was at for 10 years um, in a really kind of messed up situation, we won't talk about that here. But I given everything to that school and I had sacrificed so much of myself that I mean, I was pissed off about it for quite some time. (laughs) I'm fine now. But I think people don't realize what teachers give. Um, it's time and emotion, you know,
1: and it's almost like that is the expectation. Like if you're yes. going, in, you have to be 110, you got to give up these things. You got to give everything you have, um, which I think you should give your best. Right. But I don't think we need to be like, I, I have a value and maybe that's just because of the, the course we teach. Like, I, I don't take any work home from me. Like I am not grading anything at home. I will answer emails and stuff, but because they're on my phone and maybe that's a boundary I can explore, but like, I'm not grading shit at home. That is the last thing I want to be doing. We've been teaching long enough that I can go in in the morning and I'm looking at my lesson plans and know like what I want to do for the day. I usually have a prep in the morning. Like I'm not prepping at home unless I need to buy something. I'm not grading anything. That's part of my self-care, especially when I'm coaching Mm -hmm. in the afternoon too. F that. Yeah. (laughs) That's my me time.
0: Oh my gosh, I used to, I would say the first yeah. five years of teaching, I would bring stuff yeah. home, projects and things. Never after, <laughs> I think I would say the last, you know, you know, 17 years in the classroom, I would say the last 12, I was like, nah, nope. I will not take it home, One hundred. but I know many people that do, and there's, and you know, I don't have children, so I'm, I was only losing time from myself. People are sacrificing time with their kids or staying up so late, not getting sleep. So how are they even being healthy within their own? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely, I, I mm -mm, no. (laughs) even, even when I was at the district level, people would, there was an expectation that I would go home and then get on, you know, Outlook later that night. People would be like, okay, see you on Outlook tonight. I'd be like, (laughs) <laughs> well, you won't see me because <laughs> my hours are not 10 p.m.
1: Pay me. It's almost yeah. an
0: expectation. And people almost had an attitude because, not almost, they did. They felt away because I wasn't doing that. I'm like, well, you can work yourself to the death. I won't be on Outlook at 10 p.m.
1: Yeah, for what? Like, what are you? Like, for what? We're not
0: doing brain surgery here. Like, calm down. <laughs> like, no. To fill out an Excel spreadsheet. Not happening in my bed. Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> Please watch the video doc- of Dr. Gibson just doing all the
0: <laughs>
1: You couldn't get the full So picture.
0: animated. Typing, <laughs>
1: arms. They're <laughs> so silly.
0: and I, I'm have, a very kinesthetic and visual person.
1: I think feedback, the sooner you give feedback on assignments and work it, is super mm. important and nothing uh, against that but I feel like these teachers just, they kind of feel like they have to do these things. I must go home and grade. Mm-hmm. I, and it's like, what would happen if you didn't? <laughs> what yeah. would happen if you were just like, nah, I'm just going to grade maybe for a little bit at the end of the day, if I have time mm-hmm. or or like during my prep period. And what would happen if the feedback was just a little bit later and you weren't working yourself to death?
0: Yeah. Or can we just stop for a moment? and think about what we're actually assessing for an assignment. What do we want, what skill for, you know, in health ed or what skill Uh, or whatever, do we want them to learn? So can we just create an assessment that measures that alone? I used to be doing these intricate assignments, these, why, why am I great? That is not, no, what am I assessing? measure what I want to assess based on the standard grade that that cuts my grading down by hours why am I building these wild assessments because I'm just <laughs> doing it to myself I chose it you know <clears throat> so like or I would have like pieces of I would be like okay like there was a time remember common core when they were like ugh, that's so. a thing. I don't even know <laughs> listen when they're shoving common core down our throat. So like in my classes, we had to write essays. And I was like, mm, okay. But I would be like, okay, today, what I'm grading for this essay is I'm grading your thesis statement. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would focus on in the grading. So that's what you have to think about. Like what, what skill are we assessing? Create the assessment that does, that measures that and move forward. 100%. And kids don't need this much homework either. Like kids doing three hours of homework at night. No, that is ridiculous.
1: 100%. Kids are kids. Let them be. I think your, your point about what you're assessing is so crucial though. I think teachers, at least at the current school, feel like they need to give them all this homework and then they need to grade it. I was <laughs> like, you don't need to do either of those things, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you can give them homework and and not grade it. And I realize that might be an unpopular opinion. Um but yeah, finding exactly what you're trying to assess. Like you don't need to grade their essay and look for spelling errors or that they have like three paragraphs. It's like did they answer the question? Like mm-hmm. if I give them a page of questions, maybe I'm looking at the main idea of the question versus every mm-hmm. single one. There's yeah. no time to grade all that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Well, and also even at Bard, the college level classes, they want to give all the homework and grade it. It's a college level class. That's not what happens in college. Mm -hmm. In college, here's your reading. Here's your assignments. Here's the two things I'm, or the two, as I hold up three fingers, (laughs) here's the two things that you're getting assessed on because I've built this assessment in a way that is cumulative of all of those things and shows me what you've learned. Not grading all this busy work and worksheet and this and that. and It is too much for educators, for students. And even we know that, right? Look at all the research coming out about not having homework in elementary schools. You know, it's, it's quite amazing about um, not having homework in elementary school, you mm. know? And I, I use my nephew as a example a lot. Sorry, buddy. I hope it's okay. Um, not that he listens to the podcast It's obviously an adult podcast, but um. hope it's okay with my sister. Um, uh, I think about like two different schools he's gone to and one that was very intense with the homework and stressful and one that's not and how he's excel. I mean, and the first one wasn't bad, you know, he, it did what, you know, it helped him, but Mm. now he's like excelling and soaring And, and not that he doesn't have homework. He does but it's it's like a different mindset if it's it's a different lens. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I will say, as much as I'm not a fan of the governor of our state, the one thing that I agree with him on is removing standardized testing.
1: I didn't know he was trying to do that or is doing yeah. that. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's working on something. I for, I don't know the specifics, so. Don't come for me, folks from Florida that are listening and want to tell me about what it is. I don't know exactly what it is, but I have, that's the one thing that I was like, okay, I will give you that one item. Everything else is
1: so interesting that that's a stance on that. I would not expect that, Yeah, Um, but yeah, I think I would love to hear your nephew's perspective as well. And I think a lot of teachers equate quantity of work assigned with being challenging versus like the quality I don't. It's not that simple, but you don't have to overload them to challenge them. You can make mm-hmm. work meaningful mm-hmm. without giving them 50 pages of reading and three hours of homework a night. What is the goal of school? Is it to stress mm-hmm. them out? We can challenge them in school. We can give them a little bit of stuff outside to reinforce without impacting their mental, emotional well-being. And I think that goes for teachers as well. Yeah. We, I think the U.S. I think we could find a way to set up the system because other countries have done it as well. Who don't have resources, who have lots of resources, where teachers are respected, where they're not as burnt out. Um, There's not all these structural barriers in place. I don't Mm -hmm. know what that would look like or who would how we even go about this other than like teacher advocacy. But I believe it's possible.
0: Yeah. Well. And on top of all this, we're not even doing that good when it comes to education in the world. 100%. We look at where our country places; <laughs> we're not at the top. So clearly, what yeah. we're doing is not working. Yes, so, exactly. You know, the Scandinavian systems tend to work pretty well. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Something I've wanted to like investigate a little bit, but you know, even I think we talked about we had mentioned talking about like something like year-round school, mm-hmm. right? I realize that the concept of a summer break is a very American juicy tradition, right? We are an agrarian society. We had to have summer break. And everyone loves summer break. Don't get me wrong. I love summer vacation, that mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. But it's unnecessary anymore. And what a lot of countries do, for example, in South Africa, right? That's where I know. School starts in, it's not this September to June situation. It is school starts in January, like mid-January, and goes until December, beginning of December. And in December, everyone is off in South Africa. Like, all. unless you're in like hospitality or restaurant, you're closed. Insurance, banks, everything's closed. Wild. Um, and then throughout the year, There's terms and they'll be, you know, however long and then like two to three week breaks. So it, and you know, I've never been a teacher in South Africa, so I can't speak for what teachers feel like, but imagine that instead of going hard for 10 months and then nothing for two and a half or whatever, and maybe you're, you know, doing a really great job for six weeks and then everyone has a two week refresh and then you come back And it's and it goes along with the calendar of the year, not the calendar of agriculture. That for the large majority of the United States doesn't matter, because the large majority of people in the United States are not farmers. Now, granted, there are, right? And rural education is a little different. And we talk about folks that are migrant families, migrant farmers. That's different. I'm not, I don't want to take away from that. But we need to start rethinking what we're doing. And perhaps that's one way. 100%
1: I would love to see someone take that up I don't I don't feel like that's on anybody's any politician's mind at this point I would also just like to see people really interrogate what the point like of education is like why are we here like all these testing like all all these things that just don't feel like they matter I get college preparedness and like real world preparedness but like Mm -hmm. We are not nourishing these young people's mm-hmm. mental, emotional health and their enter. I mean, especially in today's world where it's mental health. Hmm. What am I looking? What's the word I'm looking for? Just Dis- not disparities. Struggles are like at an all time high. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not catering to that enough. And I think that's what makes me really sad. And what also makes me feel like our work is so important. We're doing, we're talking yeah. about stuff <laughs> that they should all be talking about. I feel like mm-hmm. schools should be centered around producing mm-hmm. healthy children, not just like fit children, but like, can they communicate effectively? Can they access mm-hmm. resources? Can they take care of themselves
0: mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally? And yeah. I don't
1: think we do that. And I think a lot of like the Scandinavian countries do a lot better job with that. That's more of their focus. Their days are mm-hmm. shorter. They get more breaks, no homework, like what, what do we want? <laughs> we want yeah. people to work in this capitalist system to make money, blah, blah, blah. So that's what we prepare them for. I get it.
0: Yeah. But so, ugh. I mean, I remember when I was in elementary school, we had like three or four recesses. Elementary kids don't get recessed barely anymore. Maybe at lunch, they get a hangout after they eat. Mm-hmm. I had tons of recess in the eighties, you know, and somewhere along the lines, we decided to standardize testing and. Is is the way we're going to measure the effectiveness. And it's just not working. And even in the US, where I there are some places that do have year-round schools, but not because they want year-round schools, it's because they don't have enough room in the school for all the students they have. So they have to space them out because not everyone can go to school at the same time. That's wild. But we're building tons of jails, but we can't build some more schools instead don't get me started on that pipeline situation, but also, like, acting- we need to fix the issue. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, you're great. I was going to say acting like we don't have enough money or resources to make these changes is also wild. We have, the United States has plenty of money. New York City has plenty of money that they could be mm-hmm. giving out and maybe defunding other areas, mm-hmm. um, but are making conscious choices not to, right? And then yeah. like, oh, we will give you this, but if you're not like reading deeper into it, they're still overfunding other areas and yeah. underfunding education. And one of the best things you could do is just give more money. And I'm not just talking about teacher salaries, like reduce class sizes, give us more supplies, like all the things. And it's, it's so possible and doable. <laughs> and it just education never gets that priority, sadly.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, some big things that could change, right? Fixing overcrowded schools, reducing class sizes, reducing teacher teachers' workload. Yep. Those three things would change so much. I mean, listen, we got all these empty office buildings now. Do we can we have some more schools? Are they just gonna sit there? You know, I mean, it's absolutely, it's just, it's just backwards thinking, right? It's, it's put a bandaid on it thinking it's not yeah. solve the problem proactively. It's, oh no, catch up, put a bandaid. We don't know what to do. Everyone's scrambling. Ah, uh, when there's proven results in the world, you know, that's I, okay. We can just start our own school. I would was just going to gonna say that. Was really? just
1: going to say that.
0: Wow. I would like, love to have a high school that is all about wellness, that that is what's centered.
1: Yes. Thank you. God. Exactly what I was going to say.
0: Imagine. <laughs> I mean, we could do it. Privately. They get health
1: and sex ed in every grade. Like they get yes. mandatory movement every day. Of uh, their
0: choice. Bingo. If they don't want to run, they don't have to. Bingo. You don't want to play basketball. You don't have to. There's options for movement, just like life. You know what we should do? We should contact Bard. And we should make a new Bard school here in South Florida, but it's private, so we don't have to do what Florida says, and make it Bard School for Wellness.
1: Oh my God, that'd be rad. I would be down there in a heart beat, darling.
0: <laughs> okay, so we have some phone calls to make. Um, you oh. know, Bard folks, hit us up. Or any private millionaire that just happens to be listening, that really wants to invest in us and just fully fund this high school, hit us up. We're there. I mean, a famous basketball player did fund a high school here in Miami. It's not what? private. it's So it's also to deal with like public funding. Ours would need to be private because of Florida. But
1: <laughs> because of Florida.
0: However, so anyone who's down, hit us up, Drew and Dr. G at gmail.com. <laughs> we are available to make this dream happen.
1: Oh my God, that would be so rad. There'd be, I would totally move down then. That might be the only way I'd move down to Florida. Otherwise <laughs> I feel like, not so much right now also with the weather you're having is i'm not ready to cook alive just yet
0: yeah i wouldn't recommend (laughs) it but you know i think our next talk should be about self-care because we're not solving all these big problems today so i think what teachers do need is like easy simple things that they can do writing this down kind of de-stress so maybe that's our our t- our chat for next week and or or next time or sometime soon in the future. We can sure. bring some self-care experts in to sort that out and kind of give some tips to our to our teacher listeners and also for anyone. Self-care is not just for teachers, it's for everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we were we were very hard on the educational system today. And we don't want to say like everything is bad. There's lots of great stuff happening. There's lots of great mm-hmm. schools, there's lots of great districts. But yeah, burnout's real. Teachers are leaving at incredibly high rates. I, I -hmm. don't blame them or judge them because it's hard work. So kudos to all the teachers who have left and are exploring other options and also kudos to the ones who are still, still here.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. What a great session today.
1: Yeah, this was great.
0: All right. Well, thanks everyone. Self-help tips coming soon. See (laughs) y'all next time.
1: All right. Bye everyone.
0: Follow us on Spotify, podcast on Apple, or our YouTube channel, Sex Ed in the City. Stay connected. We hope to see you soon.